Welcome to all of you. For those of you who are just coming, you missed something. Uh, so you must have uh, must take time to watch it on the on the uh, media later on. We are just we are just doing the national anthem, and uh, we thank God for our nation for this wonderful opportunity to enter into a new year in our nation's life. Uh, today, I want to continue with uh, our theme, and uh, I've entitled this uh, theme, as you know, How God Reveals the Nature of the Holy Spirit. And this is our second uh, edition. Last time, we were talking about the symbol of the wind or the breath uh, that is symbolizing the Holy Spirit. And you know, when we talk about symbols, they will always tell us something about the Holy Spirit, not everything. No, no one symbol can tell us the whole story about uh, the nature and the, the work of the Holy Spirit. So God uses different symbols in order to highlight different kind of truths that uh, he wants to teach us. And so today we are going to uh, look at the symbol of oil, okay? There's a very important, uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, place for oil in the in the scriptures, and we want to take time to look at that in a little more detail. Let me begin to read Psalm 23, verse 5 and 6. And the Bible says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a powerful word. I think we all know this uh, powerful scriptures. You know, today I believe we are here on the table of the Lord. The table of the Lord is when we come to our Father and we receive from his table. And God is preparing a new meal for us. You know, when we come together, when we receive from the Word of God. And so today, I trust God that he will fulfill once again these words. As we are coming together, he has prepared a table for us. And we left our enemies somewhere. And wherever they are, they may just want to watch from a distance. They can't touch us, okay? Our enemies are in good uh, in a, good, in a good place where they cannot do anything to us. Uh, but the, the Lord, on the other hand, is anointing our head with oil. And as uh, David says, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now let me also read from Psalm 89 verse 20. Psalm 89, verse 20, the Bible reads here, I have found David my servant. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. No enemy will subject him to tribute. No wicked man will oppress him. And Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 this is a word of prophecy which became fulfilled, and I put both of these scriptures together here in, on your bulletin. Uh, Isaiah 61 verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful that we can come to sit at your table once again. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have given us this opportunity to gather around this word. And we pray, Lord, let these words come and find room in our hearts. Lord, may this word be able to strengthen us and build us. And Lord, as we are hearing this word, we know that this word, we can never get it unless you make it alive through your spirit. So Lord, anoint our head with oil. Let our cup overflow today. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the mighty work that you do in every one of our lives. And we give you honor and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So today, I want to talk about this very powerful symbol of oil. Of course, as you know, uh, some people are taking oil and they run with it and make money with it. That is not what we are talking about. You know, we are not making uh, oil as a merchandise in the house of God. That is not something that God has ever given us permission to do. What we want to talk about is what God intended us to understand when he talks about oil, okay, and when he talks about anointing. Now, as uh, David was saying in Psalm 23, you prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. First of all, as I said, you know, we thank God that we can come to his table, that we can be able to receive this uh, life-giving word. You know, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So that is our spiritual nourishment. That's our food. That's what we need for living. Otherwise, we will not make it in this world. Now, as... Um, as uh, David said, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And, you know, there's a very, very powerful relevance to that. Um, you see, the head is very important in our lives, as we all know. You know, the head is the center of our thinking, our personality. You know, this is who we are. You know, if the head is gone, everything is gone. So when... when God is anointing our head with oil. That means he sharpens our thinking. He helps our reasoning. He makes sure that we are not doing things out of our own human strengths, but we are doing things because God is guiding us through that very Holy Spirit. Now, oil is very important, as you will probably very easily understand. Even in this world, oil is very important. Uh, I, I guess most of you have not been walking. Most of you have been coming in one kind of a mode of transport vehicle. Uh, and if you have uh, an engine, that engine will not go very far without oil. Okay? Without oil, you will knock the engine in no time at all. So lubrication is very important. And of course, 
when you use oil, it, 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 it helps, you know, the friction to lessen. Okay, steel on steel will eat in itself, and that's how we call the engine has knocked, you know, it has eaten up itself and has gotten stuck. But the oil keeps the engine running. And we see very clearly that oil plays a very important role in our world, you know. People are fighting wars over oil. That's how important oil is, isn't it? Now, this is not a new phenomena. This has always been like this. And in the scripture, we find out that oil is very crucial in our lives as uh, God's people, as the children of God. And what we must understand is when God uses that symbol of the oil, he, he just wants to underline the importance that you know, without that oil, the engine cannot run. Doesn't matter how many horsepower engine has, if you don't put oil in it, it will cease. You know, you can, you can go around boasting of how much power you have, and some people do that. You know, some people are very, very uh, uh, eager to, to let the world know how much power they have. But every, if there is no oil inside of the engine, it will not do much. It will not go very far. Every engine needs oil, okay? So if you're driving a car, make sure that you keep the oil topped up. Don't run out of oil or else you run out of an engine. And you know, there are many other places in, an, in, a, in a vehicle where the wheels are turning. You know, we have grease, which is another form of oil. All these things are required and they need to be there or else it will not work. So we can see in our world, oil is important. No wonder. Uh, you know, do people start wars over oil? You know, people fight over oil. Nations fight over who, you know, is the rightful owner of a certain place because there are oil resources there. Now, it's very interesting that God teaches us a very important lesson. You know, the Bible tells us a very interesting story in the book of Zechariah in the Old Testament, one of the prophets. And uh, in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 2, there comes an angel to the prophet of Zechariah, and he speaks to Zechariah. And the Bible says, he asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it, with seven channels to the lights. Also, there were two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and one on its left. And I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Now, that's a very interesting picture and for, for, for us to really catch it, you know, God is showing his prophet uh, the, the lamp stand. You know, the, there was a lamp stand in the, in the temple with these seven arms and they were fed through small channels of oil so that the, 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 uh, the, the light would never uh, dim, would never go out. And... Uh, God shows uh, the prophet uh, these this, uh, lamps and the lights and the lampstand. 
And then he shows him the bowl that is filled with oil. And then on, the, on either side, there were these trees, these olive trees. And of course, it shows to the, to, the, to the prophet and to us today that there is a source for oil, okay? You know, this was not oil that comes from the, from the ground, but this was oil that came from olive trees. It was olive oil, okay? And uh, this oil was to be fed into that container so that the light would be continuously burning, would be continuously giving light. And then God says, <clears throat> it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit. So whatever God does, it's not by our human strengths. As I have said, you know, you may have, a, you may have an engine with 500 horsepower. If it has no oil, it will not go anywhere. It is through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. And we learn very importantly from this very fact, from this very scripture, you know, that God shows us where the source of our strength comes from. The source of our strength, the source of our lights, the source of our ability to make a difference in this world comes not from our own personality. It comes from the Holy Spirit, who is anointing our head with oil, okay? Who is giving us an eternal ingredient, not a, a human ingredient, but an eternal ingredient come, that comes from the throne of God. You know, the Holy Spirit is going to empower us. He's going to, to guide us so that we can be the kind of people that God wants us to be. What a powerful uh, illustration. So God did not only supply us with salvation, which of course he did when he died at the cross of Calvary once and for all times. Jesus will not come again to die at the cross because that was one act that was sufficient for all times. Thank God for that. And yet Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit to be with us forever. So in other words, what, what Jesus promised us that he will ask the Father to send us the Holy Spirit to be with us every single day in our life. So in other words, that we can be empowered every single day of our lives. So let's not forget, God is the one who is supplying our requirements. You know, I was talking about an engine, I was talking about the oil in the engine, but you know, even you know, that which you feed an engine is coming from oil, isn't it? You call it petrol or you call it diesel. It's a refined uh, product that comes from oil. It makes the engine run. And so we must understand that God is making our life possible to run in the power of God, not in the power of just human, uh, you know, human strength, but in the power of the living God who has called us to walk in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we thank God. Today we are here. We are at the table of the Lord. We are receiving his words. And he is our, he's anointing our head with oil. And my prayer is that we may all get a very sharp and clear understanding about the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. He is filling our cup, not just full, but to the overflowing. So that we don't just have enough for ourselves, but that we can share with others also. Thank God for that. Now, as we consider 
the, the various uses of oil, we find out that in the Old Testament, every king, every priest, and every prophet had to be anointed for ministry. In other words, ministry was not possible. You could not do ministry in any way without being anointed. And we must understand that God tells us that we are all called to be kings and priests in the kingdom of God. So here we are not just looking at a few kings and a few priests and a few prophets. No, in fact, we are all kings and priests. Okay? We are all empowered to speak the word of prophecy. Okay? Some people still think in terms of the Old Testament, and the Old Testament gives us a lot of shadows to, to make us understand the New Testament reality, but we are now in the New Testament reality. And in the New Testament reality, there is not one big guy who is a prophet of the Lord, but we are all to speak prophetically. And God has given us the gift of prophecy in the, in the body of Christ, which of course may be more uh, pronounced in one person than in another, but God has made us kings and priests and to speak the, the prophetic word of God. So let us understand that we all need to have the Holy Spirit because we all are called to be leaders. Whether you are king, okay, somebody who is set over to rule over a certain uh, domain, or whether you are a priest, that means you're standing in between uh, God and others and people here on earth, or whether you're a prophet and you speak forth the word of God, whichever your role is, you know, you may not need to be in full-time ministry in order to do that. You know, many people think, okay, this is the pastor, let him do the job. Actually, the pastor is just one of everybody else, okay? We are, there's no difference. That's why in, 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 the, in the scripture, you will never find the word clergy, okay? That's an Old Testament concept. In the New Testament, there's no such thing like a clergy. There are different ministries, you know, different gifts. There are, you know, people who are empowered to do certain things. Okay, there are the apostles, there are the prophets. And when I talk about prophets again, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a gift given to everyone, but of course some of the people are empowered with the gift of prophecy in a specific way. So there are evangelists, there are pastors, there are teachers. And if you are not in the full-time ministry, it doesn't mean that you don't have one of these gifts. You could have one of these gifts, and you could flow in these gifts, and you should flow in these gifts. Whatever your, 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 your ministry is, uh, God calls you kings and priests, okay? This is not... Uh, limited down to a very few people who are walking around with a collar. You know, that's why you never see me with a collar. <clears throat> because I don't believe in that. Okay? The, the collar has become a status symbol of, of, a, of a, a special class. And I, I, I reject that. That is not biblical. Absolutely not. We're not in the Old Testament where you're having a certain garment uh, because you were a priest. In the New Testament, we are all kings, we are all priests, we are all ministers of the gospel, every single one of us. Okay, I hope I didn't uh, step on your toe, uh, but never mind. So kings, priests, prophets had to be anointed. And we have just heard from Psalm 89 verse 20, where God says, I found my David 
I found David, my servant, my sick, with, with my sacred oil, I have anointed him. Uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, we find that God is uh, telling Samuel, his prophet, to go and find uh, a new king, anoint a new king. And of course, Samuel didn't know who that was. So he was told to go to the house of Jesse. And when he arrived at the house of Jesse, he found Jesse and his sons there. And uh, he came to anoint one of them, but he didn't know which one. And so he made Jesse to line up all his sons. And, and uh, when he was looking at them, he saw them, you know, powerful and strong. And when he saw the first one, he says, oh, for sure, this is the Lord's anointed one. And God said to him, no, this is not the one. So he went to the next one and to the next one and the next one, you know. And uh, when he was through all of them, he says, uh, sorry, uh, don't you have another son? And he said, yeah, there is another one. Uh, Obviously, it was not so important to be at that very specific, specific meeting with the prophet. At least that's what uh, the family of Jesse thought about. And uh, Samuel said, I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to do anything. You bring this man. We are not going to business as usual. This man has to be here. And they went out into the field. He was taking care of the sheep. I don't know how long that took to bring him in. Must have been maybe hours. But they were waiting, waiting for the Lord's called one. Okay, and when Samuel the prophet saw him, God gave him the testimony, anoint him with oil. And the Bible says here in this very scripture in 1 Samuel, uh, very, very powerfully, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers and from that day, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power, and Samuel went to Ramah. So, understand, Samuel came to do a job, and after he had done the job, he went. But he had done the job. Okay, this was a young man, David. He was a shepherd. And God designated him and called him not just to be the shepherd of sheep, but to be the shepherd of his nation, Israel. And for that, he needed an anointing. And, and what the prophet Samuel did, he poured out his oil upon his head. And the Bible says, as the, the, the oil was upon him, as it was poured out upon his head, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. It's amazing. You can see that this oil is a, is a symbol, is a picture, is a realization of the Holy Spirit coming upon a certain person. So the oil is just, you know, something that is visible in the hand of a, of a person. But the reality is that God anointed his man for kingship in Judah and later on in the whole of Israel. So Samuel was sent by God to anoint a shepherd boy. And whatever challenges David would face, the Holy Spirit's power in his life was sufficient to help him through. And if you read the story of David, you know that he went through all the ups and downs one can imagine 
He had so many challenges. In fact, when he became anointed, there was another king. And that king was not walking away just because God anointed another one. So there were struggles. And of course, David was waiting for his time. He could have, he could have you know, done uh, some kind of harm to, to uh, um, Saul, his predecessors. But, you know, that's where uh, we learned that David had regard for the anointing of God. And he said, I cannot touch the anointed one of God. Even so, the man was no longer right in the way he was living his life and ruling the nation of Israel. <clears throat> but David did not do anything in order to speed up his demise. That's what a true anointing is. You know, every now and then you hear people who are saying, who are claiming they are anointed, and when they are claiming they are anointed, then they are trying to cause a rebellion so to get rid of the leadership which is there. That is not godly. That is not spiritual. That is not in the, in the ways of the Holy Spirit. Okay? When you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit, you can wait until your time comes. Okay? You have learned, as we have been talking about, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, you can be patient, okay? Even if it may take a long time. You know, a lot of damage has been done in the, in the body of Christ because people have not learned patience. They are pushing their way. They are doing their own thing. Even so, God may have called them, but they are not understanding the season. They are not understanding the time when God is actually going to install them because you have to wait upon the Lord. God is the one who has given us the spirit and he wants us to be patient, okay? Grow the fruit of patience in our life so that we are doing things at the right moment. And sometimes we all are at fault by being too fast, you know? We get convinced this is what God wants me to do and maybe you are right. <clears throat> maybe you know what God wants you to do but then you don't wait for the timing of God. You see, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, God made all things beautiful in its time. You know, you can't force a flower to blossom before its time has come. Okay? It will not work. It has a time. It has a time to, to bloom. It has a time to blossom. And when it comes, then it's beautiful. If you're trying to do it ahead of time, then it's the wrong timing. If you are waiting too long, then the bloom is, blooming is gone. The blossom is gone. So we all must understand how important timing is. Amen? And God is the one who anoints. Thank God. He anoints. But then we need to be under the guidance and under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, just like David has been. So what we are learning here is that spiritual ministry can never be fulfilled, can never be done, can never be carried out without the oil, okay? Without the anointing, without the Holy Spirit in our life. And we have got sufficient uh, examples in Scripture. And I let me just get you one or two. You know, one of the examples we find in Scripture is in the book of Exodus, chapter 27, verse 20. <clears throat> Exodus 27, verse 20. The Bible says here, Command the Israelites 
to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamps may be kept burning in the tent of meeting outside the curtain that is in front of the testimony. Aaron and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening till morning. This is to be the lasting ordinance among the Israelites for the generations to come. Now, this was uh, ordinance, this was a, a rule that God established in the book of Exodus, and that's why we have read even in the book of uh, Zechariah, as I've been reading earlier on, you know, this was the very same, the same lamp stand, stand, you know, the same lights that uh, God was talking about uh, that need to be fed with the, with the oil. And what we are seeing here is that in the tabernacle and later on in the temple, you know, uh, where ministry was to be done, where the priests were uh, standing in the gap for, for the nation, because that's what happened. You know, outside they were having a, uh, the altar where the animals were slaughtered, and then there was a brazen lever which, which was uh, to cleanse uh, the, the priests because they could not enter into the holy place because even they were sinful. So, yes, God has died outside the camp, as the Bible tells us. He laid down his life as a sacrifice for all of us. And that's why we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. This was just a reminder to the people of Israel that there was no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And so Jesus, once and for all, has shed his blood. Now, the, 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 the priests had to go into the tabernacle. Okay, and the tabernacle, which we call the holy place, was a place that had no windows. Okay? So if you have a place where there is no window, obviously it will be dark, isn't it? Now, there were a few different uh, items in the, in the holy place, and one of the most important places, and this is what we want to focus on, is the, 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 the lampstand, you know, where light would come from. <clears throat> and this lamp stand, or these lights, had to be fed with olive oils, as I said earlier on. And so God was giving a command that the people of Israel should bring clear oil of pressed olives for the light, so that the lamps may be kept burning. So ministry is, uh, is in between, happening in between the world on one hand and God on the other hand. And in between, there is a man who called a priest. And you know, all of us, we are called kings and priests, okay? So we are all, we are all uh, addressed here. Now, what we are to do between the world on one hand and God on the other hand can only be done in the light of the Spirit, okay? Otherwise, we are in darkness, okay? So it's important that we understand that. The tabernacle had no windows. When they entered, they removed the, 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 the curtains which were there, and they were very heavy curtains. They didn't allow, allow any light to come through. You know, there were different layers not like our curtains which lie, allow sun to come through. These, these curtains did not allow any sun to come through. It was totally pitch dark. Okay, so there was no natural light in that room. 
There was only that light of the oil. Okay? What this tells us is that ministry must not be done in the natural power. It must only spring forth from the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Very, very important. Not only that, you know, when you are burning a candle and, uh, you know, with our, with our lodging in Zambia, I'm sure many of you are keeping candles at home. Uh, if you have a nice candle, you know, not all candles are the same, but if you have a nice candle, you will have a nice fragrance, isn't it? It smells nice. And, you know, that's exactly what this olive oil did. There is a wonderful fragrance. And what that tells us is that, you know, the Holy Spirit is not only going to illuminate the work in a dark, I mean, our work in a dark, uh, our work in a dark world, but it's also a place of a sweet aroma in the place where God has put us. Okay, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, for we are the we, for we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. In fact, on several scriptures, we find the, the, the word aroma. So there's a sweet-smelling aroma that is going up to God. And you know, the reason, if I, if I just speak about aroma, the reason why God accepted the sacrifice of Abel and he did not accept the sacrifice of Cain was simply the different aroma, okay? When, the, when, 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 when uh, Abel was bringing his sacrifice, he did it in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in his own natural power. And God received it, and there was a sweet-smelling aroma going up to the presence of God, okay? Not just into the nostrils of a human being, but, you know, God looks at it in a different way, in a spiritual way. And he was able to receive that sacrifice because he was giving that sacrifice in the power of the Spirit. It was a sweet-smelling aroma. While Cain was trying to convince God that he would give him what he designed himself, what he decided himself, not what God said he should. He said, I bring you the crop and the, the produce of my, of my fields, you know. Uh, and in this particular instance, that was not sufficient, okay? You can bring God the, 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 the crop of your land and things like that as a, as a thanksgiving offering, but not when it comes to salvation. Salvation needs a lamb, okay? And uh, we must see that Cain was not able to bring that lamb. So that 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 the vegetables on the altar never caught fire, okay? God never put fire to it, and, and hence there was no sweet-smelling aroma. And even if there was fire, probably it, the aroma would not have been so good, okay? Maybe it would have even been too much smoke because these things don't burn easily, isn't it? But whatever it is, you know, it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And so what we see is that spiritual ministry can never be effectively carried out, can never be done if we are doing it in our own ability, in our own strengths. 
You see, the Bible tells us that flesh and blood cannot, cannot uh, inherit the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter how much, you know, magnificent stuff we have built in this world and we are saying, I've done this for God. If it is not done in the power of the Spirit, it is not good enough. It will not do the job. Okay? That is what is important. Now, I want to take you to another scripture. And uh, we find this scripture which Jesus has given us. It's a story. You know, we call it a parable. But it has got a lot of powerful truths. We find it in the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Matthew 25. <clears throat> At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Okay, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lambs but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lambs. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Thank you. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lambs are going out. No, they replied. They may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Okay, these are the words of Jesus. The story continues. You can read them uh, in your own time. These other ones came back and they found the door was locked. Now, what is this story telling us? Jesus gives us that story to tell us that, you know, the bridegroom, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, is going to come. One day he will appear. And when he comes, we need to be ready. We need to be fully equipped and be able to uh, join him as he enters into his wedding banquet. Now, all of them, the ten of these uh, virgins, carry lambs. But lambs, you know... Uh, I, I think you understand if, if you have a, a lamb powered by batteries and you don't have batteries, it will not work. These were lambs which were powered by oil, but they carried a lamb, but they didn't carry oil. Did this make sense? Now, why didn't they carry oil? Because at the time when they were going out to expect the bridegroom, probably it was daylight, okay? Natural light was there. And they were trusting the natural environment to, 
take care of their needs. But then, of course, the bridegroom did not come at the time when they expected. It came, he came late in the night. In fact, the Bible tells us he came at midnight. And these ten virgins, they were all virgins, okay? They all were qualified to be able to meet with the bridegroom. But five of them were not equipping themselves with what was required. And brothers and sisters, this is a message for all of us. You know, we cannot just do things in our natural ability, in our, you know, in the, in the power of our muscles, in the power of our human thinking. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. We need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God. We need the word of God. That's why we are coming to the table of the Lord, so that we receive the power that comes from on high. And so what we are seeing here is, you know, because it was daylight, they felt, why would I need to bother myself with carrying another jar, okay, which is just making life uncomfortable. The question is, why did they even carry the lights? Because lights must go together with oil, isn't it? And, you know, I believe that God has all made us to be the light of the world. So each and every one who is called into the kingdom of God has the ability to shine, has the ability to be a light. But every light needs to be fit. Uh, today we have solar lights, and some people think, you know, solar lights, they will always work even without being fit. Yes, maybe they don't need a battery, uh, they don't need oil, but they need a sun. Okay? And throughout the day, you know, all these lights which are now along the road, they are giving very nice light uh, in the night. But throughout the day, these lights are being fed by the sunlight. And they are charging the batteries. Okay? So whatever light you, you have, it needs to be recharged. It needs to have a supply. And in this case, Jesus was saying, you know, these people had a light. So in other words, when you have a light, you have the ability to shine. But the ability to shine will come to an end if you are not supplied. Okay? If there is no continuous supply. And these ladies, okay, uh, while they had a light, while they had the ability to shine, they were depending on the natural. Okay? And many people today in the kingdom of God depend on natural strengths, or natural ability, or natural light, okay, or natural strengths, okay? Some people have even, you know, qualified themselves to be miracle workers in the natural. Some people are, are, are trying to turn water into paraffin or whatever, and, and they're saying, you know, see my miracles. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us anywhere that you should turn water into paraffin, you know, so in other words, people are doing things in their own wisdom, in their own strengths, in their natural thinking. And that is useless. You know, all this, this oil that is being imported and is being sold to people in the name of uh, bringing you miracles is actually a waste of money. Because that is in the human sphere. You know, it's in the human thinking. You know, God has not told us that we can supply oil by buying it from some other country somewhere. But God gives us the oil from above, the oil of the Spirit. 
Okay? And that is what supplies all our needs according to his riches in glory. Amen? So what we see here is that the bridegroom did not come when they expected him to arrive. And then it became dark. Okay? There comes a time, you know, when the night is coming, as, as the Bible says, and no one can work at the night. Okay? So when the night is coming, the only one that keeps us effective in ministry is to have the supply of the Spirit of God, the oil of God. Okay? And when finally the, the cry rang out, the bridegroom is coming. Of course, they were all sleeping. Okay, so there was no difference between the wise and the foolish in this, in this case, you know. And, and in, in this world, we can all get tired. Okay, if you are saying you're not getting tired, then you are lying. Because that's not true. We all get tired. Am I right? We all have strengths and we all have weakness. We all go through ups and we all go through downs. And what we must realize, as we are going through this world, as we are you know, experiencing the different kind of uh, issues in this life, you know, we, we need to be supplied from the table of the Lord. We need to be anointed with oil from the hand of the Holy Spirit. So finally, the cry rang out. The bridegroom is here. Okay? Get ready. And you know, there is a, there is a very important lesson that we can be ready even if we are sleeping. Okay, that's why we need to have supply. We need to have the oil of the Holy Spirit continuously in our life. Not just when the cry comes out, now the bridegroom is here. If you don't have, you don't have. And for you to supply, get supplied, it will take time. You are missing your appointments. Okay, that's what we are learning from here. So the bridegroom came at night, and at night you need light, okay? The natural sunlight does not supply you with light at night. You need the power of God to be present at night. And thank God, God has given us power that is sufficient, whether it's daylight or nighttime, whether it's easy or whether it's difficult, whether you go through, uh, through mountaintops or whether you are deep down in the dark valley where you are fighting the enemies. The light of God, the power of God, the Holy Spirit is always going to be there to supply our needs according to God's power. Isn't that powerful? And the Bible tells us that those who were ready, you know, all they had to do is just switch on their lights, okay? Supply was there. Oil was there. And the five of them who had oil, they, they just lit their lights. They went to the bridegrooms and they went into the wedding banquets. The others, they said, you must, you must share with us. But you know, one thing is important. There are certain things that you cannot share. The anointing comes from God. You cannot say, let me give you half of my anointing. That's not possible. Okay? If you see somebody who is anointed, 
You can just find out how did you get anointed and he will tell you how you can find your anointing. But you cannot, you cannot say, give me half of your anointing. That's not possible. This is what these, these uh, foolish virgins had to find out. You know, it's not me who is calling them foolish. It's, it's the word of God. Okay? <laughs> so the difference between wise and foolish is just whether you, call, you carry supply or not. Okay? Whether you are always equipped from above or not. And you know, this is true for each and every one of us. Every one of us is either the one or the other. Are you with me? Jesus uses that, that uh, analogy several times. You know, he, he talks about the, the wise builder and the, the foolish builder. The one who builds his house on sand and the other one who builds his house on the rock. And here again, you see there are these virgins. All of them have got the same call. All of them are, are invited to come to the wedding banquet. But only half of them are making it because they neglected what was most important in their lives. How sad. So we must learn from that. You know, we must receive that anointing from above. And you know, scripture is, is, is very clear that anointing is required. Do you know that even Jesus required that anointing? Jesus was a leader. And because he was a leader, he needed the anointing. You know, uh, like in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible says, he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. And as was his custom, he and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. That was the scripture we were reading earlier on. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And, they, and he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So in other words, a word that God had spoken hundreds of years before to a prophet, the prophet Isaiah, became now fulfilled in the life of Christ as God the Father anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit at that particular season. Okay? This word is now fulfilled in your hearing. As Jesus was speaking this word, it was no longer just a, a prophecy that was speaking about some time in the future, but now it was speaking about the man who was mentioned in that prophecy. And he spoke in this very word in his own person. You know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay? So, he was now anointed, okay? Again, you get anointed with oil, okay? That is, that is the way it was done in the Old Testament, and he was talking about this very, very clearly. Now, in the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 37, the Bible reads, you know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Amen? So, you know, what was, what was necessary for the priests of the Old Testament, the kings of the Old Testament, the prophets of the Old Testament, was also necessary for Jesus, who was still in the order of the Old Testament. And, you know, when Jesus finally brought to us salvation, he told us that now what has happened to him, we must also wait for. Remember, I was talking to you the other time where Jesus was coming to meet with his disciples and he was breathing at them. You know, when we talked about the wind or the breath, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And again, he told them, do not go away from Jerusalem, but wait until the power of God comes upon you. And that's exactly what Jesus did. You know, Jesus was in the synagogue at that time. That was in his home city of Nazareth, where I was reading the scripture. And you know, we must understand that uh, in, in, the, uh, in the Jewish synagogue, every man had to have his turn when to read the scripture. And they were not just reading any scriptures they liked, but there was a, there was a continuous way to continue reading from where the other one had left. And so when Jesus was going into the synagogue in Nazareth, he was reading that scripture because somebody else had only read to the verse before, and then this was the turn of Jesus. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Amen? And this was now fulfilled in the hearing of all the people of, 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 of Nazareth who had seen him grown up. They didn't understand it. They even rejected it. But it still happened. And you know, later on again, uh, we see that Jesus was doing his work in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was going around like the book of Acts says to do exactly that. When Jesus went to be baptized in the river Jordan, and uh, John said, this is the Lamb of God who carries away the sin of the world, you know, and he said, well, this is enough. Why would he want to be baptized? But Jesus insisted to be baptized. And when he was baptized, he was not just immersed into water, but he was immersed by the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit came down upon him and remained on him. And you know, the picture that is being used is the picture of a dove. We'll later on talk about this a little more in details. So God tells us how even Jesus needed to do his ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if Jesus needed to do his work in the power of the Holy Spirit, who know of no sin, who was not you know, limited like we are because we all have limitations. Jesus didn't have that. And yet, he was waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit upon him. He needed to be anointed with oil. Praise God. So the work of God is only possible if it is done in the power of the Spirit of God. Now, <clears throat> you may see a lot of domes and cathedrals and uh, powerful uh, buildings which are built for so-called the glory of God. 
the question is, was this done in the power of the Holy Spirit or was it done in the power of the flesh? If it is in, done in the power of the flesh, it will have no effect in the kingdom of God. Because God is only looking for things that are built by the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. We are simply channels to release the power of God. You know, God is anointing our head with oil. He is filling our cup so that it will overflow and that we will be able to bring blessings to others. If this is what we do, then whatever will, you know, come into the lives of others from that which is overflowing in our life, it will remain forever. But that which is done in the natural strength will not be able to stand. Okay? That is what we are learning from the tabernacle. There was no natural light. If you depend on the natural, then you will not be able to manage. We are seeing this in the story of those virgins, those who are depending only on the natural ability or strength. They will fail to make it to their appointments. But those who are depending on the supply of God, the supply of the Holy Spirit, and remember, Jesus said, I will send you the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. So the forever means there is a continuous supply line for each and every single one of us. What is done in the flesh will never make its way into the kingdom of heaven. It does not matter how magnificent it has been made or it looks like, but it will never make it. Only what is done in the power of the Holy Spirit will last for eternity. Thank God. And you know what God does build in this world is built through his words. It's built through the power of the Holy Spirit, anointing the word, empowering the word. So we all need to carry oil, brothers and sisters. Let's not forget that. We all need to have that jar with us, you know. This is a picture, of course. This is an illustration for us to understand. It's a symbol that points to something greater. So we all need to carry the oil of the Spirit. We need to allow the Spirit to flow constantly into our life to give us the ability to fulfill the call of God in our life. Every single one of us needs fresh supply. Not when the kingdom finally is arriving or when the bridegroom is finally coming and everybody is now supposed to get ready. No, we must get ready before he arrives because the Bible tells us no one knows the hour when he will come. So let's be ready. Let's be on call, so to say. Whenever, whenever the call rings out, the bridegroom is here. Let us be able to move. And brothers and sisters, God gives us all these powerful scriptures, all these powerful examples, so that we do not miss out, so that we are not foolish like those who have been foolish, but that we are walking in wisdom and that we receive that which God loves to give to us every single day. You see, the Holy Spirit was given to us 
and we can speak to him. To him, we can receive from him. He is supplying our needs. He is going to anoint our head with oil. Whenever we come to the table of the Lord, whether it's here in a place like this or whether it's in your own home, it doesn't matter. God wants to anoint your head with oil. God wants to refill your container, your lights, your chars, so that you do not run out of uh, the power that sustains you throughout this world. It's the Holy Spirit who has given us light. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us a sweet fragrance. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to create and build something that is not going to be demolished by the powers of this world, but which will be found even in the kingdom of heaven. May God bless his word. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this powerful symbol that you have given to us when you spoke about the oil, when you explained to us that symbol so that we understand the work of the Holy Spirit better. Lord, thank you that that power of the Holy Spirit can give us light, can give us a sweet aroma, can make us people who are turning our worlds around in a very positive and godly way. So, Lord Jesus, I pray for every single one of us. Lord, here we are today on the table of the Lord's. Lord, we have received your word, and I pray, Lord, anoint our heads with oil, each and every one of us. Everyone listening to this word, Lord, I pray, I desire, Lord, that you anoint us with oil. Lord, that you anoint our, our thinking, our reasoning, our doing with, your, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, I pray that whatever we do, will be a sweet fragrance before you because it is not done by a sinful vessel, but it is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for these words, and I pray, Lord, let it build each and every one of us. May these words reverberate in our hearts, in our minds, and may we be constantly be in your presence to receive that anointing, that filling of our lives, filling of our cups to the overflowing, that we can be a blessing to people around us. To you be the glory and the honor. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.